Welcome to the Three of Wands episode of Fortune's Wheelhouse. We are midway through the Aries cards of the Minor Arcana. Well, interestingly enough, the hermetic titles of the Three of Wands are two. I guess it was Crowley who called it the Lord of Virtue. Yeah, he renamed many of them to something more pithy, I think. Yes. Because this one's yes. the Lord of Established Strength. Mm -hmm. And I think he tried in general to condense things down to one word that summed it up. I think the, the proof is in the pudding. You know, when you when I use them, it's always the Crowley ones I de default back to because it's confusing with the Golden Dawn ones. They're often like, you know, two two word phrases and there's a bit of redundancy and overlap and it gets a little confusing. So uh, yeah, he did a really good job of, of distilling. Yeah. Distilling yeah. theirs into a, into a one word um, summing it up. And the thing is that like, you know, the thing about distilling something down is that sometimes it becomes a little more abstract, a little harder to grasp, but then you can go back to the golden dawns, term and say, you know, what, what kind of virtue are we talking about? Right. And it's the virtue of established strength, which is really interesting because we've been talking about different kinds of strength. We've been talking about, especially with the two of wands, we were talking about a forceful strength that, uh, that right. aims to conquer. An initiating force. And now here we're in the, the middle decan, which is the, um, more established decan mm -hmm. uh, where the mm -hmm. where the fire force is stabilized and manif is actually manifesting something mm -hmm. and it's in mm -hmm. a strong position so we were in mars and aries and now we're going to sun and aries and it's sort of like you know a kingdom begins with war and conquest but then it becomes established in a solar way where uh where you know there's governance and there's rules and regulation so that uh becomes less about uh, less about um, destroying and creating, and more about yeah. bringing into balance. And the two, the transition from the two to the three means it's less about force and more about form. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Exactly. Less about force and more about form, and um, less about the opposition between two parties, and more about creating something solid. Yeah. 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 Which is kind of. We've kind of condensed all the Kabbalah and astrology into a few yeah, sentences yeah, there. Right. So you've got the three, which is more of a, you could look at it as a tripod. It's more stable mm -hmm. than a duality. And it also forms the first um, shape that's like a portal. So mm -hmm. something can be born. Right. Something comes through. Something something begins so um something and, manifests right so you know in the in the metaphor i like to use for the top of the tree it's lights camera action now we can take action now we can do yeah. something and then we had in the last card we talked about the theme of penetration and then i look at mm -hmm. this one as a theme of quickening oh interesting yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, fertilization mm -hmm. and quickening where the thing... Mm -hmm. Right. So we had the penetration of Mars, and now we have the sort of uh, natural growth yeah. of the sun. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, as we go through the minors, we'll see that the sun always follows Mars. So because it's this sequence of seven that always repeats in the same way. So when we get to... You know, when we get to the, say, the three of discs, that's going to be followed by the four of discs the, from the Mars, the work of the, that Capricorn card to the establishment of power in, mm -hmm. in the solar card that follows. And we see that pattern repeating 
over and over. So this um, particular aspect of the sun is really cool because it's in the sign of its exaltation. Yes, 19 degrees of Aries is the yep. sun's degree of exaltation, and this decan covers 10 through 19 of Aries. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we see the sun expressing itself... Um, with dignity. With dignity. Well, with exaltation. <laughs> so, well, yes. But it's very dignified. <laughs> but it's very that, dignified. That virtuous. You know, again, we have virtue, that, that you know, solar force, well-placed. Mm-hmm. Where the sun is given everything it needs. It's an honored guest in the house of Aries. Yes. Mm-hmm. Dignity in the, the virtuous Right. So when we, say, <laughs> when we say dignity in the astrological term, we're talking about rulership and the sun is only in its dignity in Leo astrologically, but... It has a um, an exaltation. It has uh, all of the virtues and honors conferred upon it by Mars, the ruler of the sign. Yeah, I remember there was the astrologers were talking about um, Mars and Leo a while back, and the idea that Mars is like at his best because he's at that point because he's you know like like an Arthurian knight deferring to the solar governor, you know, and so it's just sort of interesting to think of uh, the Mars-Sun relationship. Mm. This is the, this is the, this is the king that Mars defers to. But Mars is exalted in Capricorn. Right, so you would think there's a relationship with but Saturn. But that's the point at which the sun starts to increase in light again. Right. Some yeah. thoughts. Some thoughts to work out later, maybe. We have in the Three of Wands, because it's Sun and Aries, which is means the associated majors are the sun and the emperor. We have all these themes of leadership and kingship, right? Now that the king has won his kingdom, he sees fit to govern it. Right. That is, we see that partly, you know, if we look at the Rider-Waite-Smith card, we see that the the wands, as I sort of mentioned in the Two of Wands episode, the wands are planted, they're growing from the earth or rooted in the earth in a way that they weren't in the Two of Wands. They were sort of affixed there by mechanical means. You have a you have someone who is with his back to us looking out over the sea, looking over his domain. And there's a quality about this card that's gentler than the two of wands, I think, you know, whereas the two of wands, there's a aspect of control Mm. and domination here, you know, the head's a little tilted to the side, there's a little bit of a breeze. It seems like there's not an element of challenge, Mm -hmm. like will has been established, and Mm -hmm. there's no need to prove anything. You know, there's just character development happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also observation, you know, there's sort of like a, what am I going to need to do next quality right. about it? Yeah. Yeah. Where is this going? Mm-hmm. And there's, there's definitely a, a, a growth cycle, you know, with the solar force, there's always some type of growth happening. And I kind of think of it in terms of, um, again, that spiral force, but it's unfolding another arm of the the spiral, like mm-hmm. the Fibonacci sequence, you know, you see, it starts at zero and one, which is the ace, and then goes to one and two, which is the two, and then mm-hmm. it goes to three. Yes. You know, and yes. it's like that cycle of, of naturally of, unfolds of, of plants and of minerals and of all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the 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 period of time we're talking about in the northern hemisphere is 
March 31st to April 10th, um, which is when we start to get some of our, uh, at least where we live in New England, we start to finally see uh, a, little, a little warmth. <laughs> you know, it's not the time when we plant here because the ground is still not warm enough for planting, but it is the time we start starts, you know, the time that we do indoor starts and start uh, germinating under lights. Yeah, conception. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More mm-hmm. more fertility. There's a lot of themes of fertility and conception in this mm-hmm. card, mm-hmm. which kind of is cool because so this is sun ruling this decan and it's Bina. Mm-hmm. So if I think of sun in Bina, mm-hmm. you know, the sun in Bina, both on a symbolic level, the mm-hmm. sun in Bina and the <laughs> solar sun being the light in the darkness, you know, the, um, mm-hmm. the growth in the womb. Right, you know, right, kind of thing. So. Right, yes, that makes sense because it's Bina in Atsilut. And Bina as the third Sephira, we think of as the one that is, as you say, the womb, the creator. The, it's, it's, uh, it has that Saturnine quality of enclosing and defining and bounding, but also in a nurturing way. So to protect yeah. Yeah. as well as to defend and to limit. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. and that goes back to the title of established strength Mm -hmm. um it's the implanted ovum (laughs) yeah exactly and it's it's safe and it's little Mm -hmm. container and you know going back to wands being associated with will Mm -hmm. here in in bina it's the will to form Mm -hmm. so that you know finally Mm -hmm. form taking place Exactly, exactly. So we have, um, yeah, the, we've got the conditions right in the ace, the nascent stage, and then we've got the penetration or, or mm-hmm. you know, pre-fertilization of the two. And now we've got the actual conception and the fertility and the actual growth starting to um, spiral out. Right, right. I use the keyword shaping for threes. The three shaping, of wands yeah, that's a good one. I, I use unfolding sometimes oh, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And and also, if you think about virtue, the term virtue, which Crowley used, mm. um, there is, I think, etymologically, if you go back, you know, it has to do with essential qualities. So uh, what, you know, it's, it's, I think it comes from the same root as we're man. Mm, so, yeah. you know, the idea that... Like virility. Right. And, and, you know, right. virtue in the sense of knighthood, you know. Yeah. When you talk about, you know, a man's virtue, sometimes what you're talking about is his literally his manhood, his potency, his ability to perform as a to, man. To be a man, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or it can also mean um, the essence you know, or, you know, or when you talk about a woman's virtue, you're talking about something generative as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, something that has to do with your ability uh, to truly be a mature adult. Right. So it has a reproduce. dual meaning, yes. both, you know, in the yeah. fertility sense, and, but in the character development sense mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And like when you talk about, you know, in, in, medieval uh, botany or in renaissance correspondences the virtue of something is it's mo- it's, it's it's like it's Essence. quintessence yes. yeah it's yeah. the thing that's most like itself yep. <laughs> so um so that's what we're talking about here the the uh the establishment of that core nature so if you look at the deccan imagery and significations for this from the picatrix and from agrippa it's curious because 
you know, they're not as obvious. Last in the two of wands, we had these this image of you know this furious warrior with an axe, which is pretty clear. Yeah. <laughs> Here we have uh, in Picatrix, we have a woman dressed in green clothes, lacking one leg, and um, and in Agrippa, we have a woman outwardly clothed with a red garment, and under it a white spreading over her feet. Yeah. Some of the other um, degree imagery mm-hmm. I've seen mm-hmm. has to. Uh, is usually a woman, sometimes dressed in green. Mm-hmm. So again, when yeah. I, it's interesting that the last card was very clearly masculine, mm-hmm. and that's Hokmah, and now we're in Bina, and a lot of the imagery is female. Yeah, and I, uh, I saw, I was reading someone's blog. And today. the one leg being mm-hmm. that you mentioned one leg, mm-hmm. and then I've seen other uh, degree symbols where it says like one leg visible, as if you know she's yes. showing a bit of leg yes, out, yes, of, her yes, dr- out of her dress, out of her dress or something. And so one leg shown exposed, and, and it, one it makes me think of one pillar. Yes. You know, maybe the yes. pillar of severity, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's well, there's, I saw somebody uh, Somebody was blogging about a one-legged goddess, I forget who, um, yesterday. And the idea that when you have a sprout coming up from the ground, there's one leg hidden, the roots underneath the earth, and one leg shown. You know, the sprout above the earth is another way to look at it. The significations for these decans are supposed to be uh, high rank, nobility, wealth, rulership, the height of a kingdom, the greatness of dominion, which sounds a lot like what we saw in Two of Wands, only with Two of Wands, both of the significations we talked about had to do with shamelessness of, you know, with a certain like, you know, that martial tendency to just grab what you want. Force. Take right. it by force. Whereas this is true rulership. This is the idea that you are responsible. It's, it's rulership embodied, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Established. Right. Established. Yeah. Established. So you don't get to just, well, in theory, you don't just to get to grab whatever you want. We say this as the tax bill's going through right now. <laughs> but true rulership is about looking out for the welfare of everybody you're responsible for. Something in the um, the Rider Weight card, see those things that I guess are ships? Mm-hmm. And he's, I guess yeah. he's supposed to be looking out over the sea, but to me, color-wise, mm-hmm. it looks like he's looking out over ships in the desert. It does look like I that, doesn't it? And I don't mm-hmm. know if that's intentional or not, but that's... When I see it, I think of ships of the desert. And mm. Camels are called ships of the des- yes. desert, yes, and are. this is yeah. a card of Bina. So oh, I don't know if there's yeah. any connection whatsoever there or if it's just my mind, you know, going down a wormhole. Hey, but- why not? Well, I think, you know, the yellowness of the card is clearly a solar, solar reference, reference, right? Yep. You know, and we see that both in Rider Waite and Smith, and you've got yellow in yep. your card as well. Um, why don't we talk a little bit about some of the signs of rulership in uh, in the non in the Thoth and the Tabula Mundi? Um, mm-hmm. We have the Lotus Wand. In yeah, Thoth. one um, cool thing that's um, the Lotus Wand. So, in the Golden Dawn, they used the Lotus Wand quite a lot as an actual tool. And we, mm-hmm. when you look at them, they did indeed have the the, the Lotus head, mm-hmm. but often they're white at the top and black at the bottom and in between are all the colors of the 12 colors of the zodiac yeah yeah so that in itself speaks to me about the 12 colors of the zodiac the sun's passage through the zodiac so we've got a solar a bit of a Mm -hmm. solar reference there Mm -hmm. and um i thought it was interesting that 
the consecration for a lotus wand, there's an invocation to Aries, and it's is and, there really? and it's called mm-hmm. the heaven is above and the earth below. Between light and darkness, the colors vibrate, oh, and that okay, yeah. really speaks. Mm-hmm. To me, about the, the you know the the twelve colors, the solar journey, um, the mm-hmm. light and the darkness, the sun and Bina, you mm-hmm. know the mm-hmm. the solar force in the womb. So I just thought that was fascinating yeah. that the invocation to Aries was used for this one, and that those are the words. Yes, you know, I thought that yes. was just great. That's it's that's the weapon of uh, Tiferet too, the, the lotus wand, and so there's another solar mm-hmm. solar reference. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting that, you you know, you mentioned that invocation to Aries. I'm now thinking about the Orphic Hymn to Aries, which, you know, I've been on this sort of Orphic Hymn kick for a while now. And the Orphic Hymn to Aries is really interesting because it has uh, nine lines. The first five lines are all to do with the destructive force of Aries and, you know, what a badass he is. Yeah, Yeah. and the, the remaining four lines are all about, please... You are in charge of warfare and strife, so please hold back and grant peace and, you know, and use your virtue. Use your virtue, yeah. exactly. So there's that turn from. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So it goes from. Um, so, so that means the fifth line uh, means, you know, who loves swords and spears um, and frightful things, you know, frightful fright and terrible terror. (laughs) Um, And then it goes on to say, which means uh, break, stop, stop the warfare and the strife, um, cease the pain of my heart. It's interesting to realize that although we think of him as a war god, he also has the ability to create the conditions for peace to flourish. And the final line of that him says, um, that turns children towards peace. You work with what you took and then you create, um, the conditions for peace afterwards. Mm. So, you know, and this is interesting because, you know, I remember I kind of just for fun lined up all of the Mars minor cards with each line. And the final one was the 10 of cups, you know, this idea that the rainbow of peace comes in Mars and yeah. Pisces. And anyway, and it's yeah. also kind of, in a way, you can see it in the three decans of Aries. Yes. You know, yes, how you, you end can. up on the Venusian one at exactly. the end, you know, exactly. Peace so at the, the end. Yeah. yeah. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. And even though Venus is in her detriment in Aries, there's this moment of truce or, you know, this moment where the two are in accord. Yeah. You know, a moment of balance. So yeah. looking forward to it. So it starts with yeah. the, you know, really martial dominion and it goes through right. established strength and ends up in a, this state of completion and balance. Right. Right. It's a nice story. You it know, is. it's yeah. nicer than the Gemini story, for yeah. example. <laughs> so, you know, this is, yeah. you know, and it, I think the story of Mars and Aries is generally, you know, a story of leadership and positivity ultimately in a way that the story of Mars and Scorpio, you know, is a, is a story of transformation that kind of ends on a downer note. <laughs> yeah, but we'll get to that. <laughs> Here we've got the sun in Aries. So, mm-hmm. you know, very strong place for, you know, mm-hmm. for the sun to be and, and a strong decan for the card being central. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, we can mention oh, colors. Yeah, we can mention colors? the colors. Yeah. So again, Aries, all the reds, um, mm-hmm. scarlet red and red red and um, mm-hmm. what's called Venetian red, I believe. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a bricky color and um, flame red or something like yeah, that. I mean, yeah. you can get them out go. to be sure, yeah, but let's, let's something like check. that. Um, so this is oh well, this is not the majors this is just yeah, minors that's just, so so for well, it's, it's and yeah it's scarlet you know, crimson, for the crimson, crimson scarlet yeah. yeah 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 red so, for the color of the uh, red, Sephiroth red. but mm-hmm. the the two colors mm-hmm. of the the sun mm-hmm. the sun is all the ambers and yellows and reds mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and then Aries is all the reds reds and reds basically red 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 red, red. <laughs> yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. And and we really see that in all the cards. We do. Um, yeah, we see a lot of yellow yeah. in the Rider Waite card, both in the sky and the, the yeah. sea, I guess, where the, the desert of the water is mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. solar, and then the red robe. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The Crowley card is all about the, you know, orange and, and red and amber. And, mm-hmm. and um, we have these 10 rays behind that. I, yep. You know, that's, I don't know what we're, well, I'm, that's the tree of life. Six of them are white. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a uh, Tiferet mm. in, uh, okay. reference. That just that six of them, the cent- central six, yeah. it's bringing in the yeah. six. But then there's, if you look at the previous card, mm-hmm. we had the six echo- rays. See, it's echoed there, the yeah. two, and then you get the six again here. So yeah. it, it's, I don't know. So maybe it's, a you know, the six in the ten. Yeah. You know, the, right. the, the tiferet, tiferet in the right. tree. The sun yeah. in the tree. Yeah. 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 Something like that. How about maybe you can talk a little bit about the symbols that you put on your own three of wands? Well, um, there are obviously Aries references with mm-hmm. the the ram horns, yeah. and then there's the spiral force that's both shown in the actual spiral in the mm-hmm. card, as well as the mm-hmm. the pine cones uh, bring in that solar growth Fibonacci sequence uh, unfolding. So the idea that the pine cone grows in a Fibonacci sequence, sequence and yeah. also you have a connection. I remember you talk about the pineal gland, the pineal gland in the sun in the brain, which is the the photo receptor you know that's that reacts to the sun's light and Mm -hmm. governs our bodily functions (laughs) if you know if you don't get your light at the right time and the wrong time your your rhythms get all messed up and so um yeah and the pineal gland is also said to be the seat of the soul and Mm -hmm. the and then the the trigger for enlightenment uh experiences Mm -hmm. um you know the the force rising up the up the spine and eventually it comes up to this Mm -hmm. central point um mm-hmm. now is there a historical precedent for a pine cone wand in the way that we have a historical precedent for the lotus wand what do you mean by historical? well i mean it's like is that a thing some in some tradition yeah there's definitely a, a there's cone. definitely a, a pine cone wand you see you see it in the thothex queen the, the yeah the yes. queen of wands again this is her yes. card you see you right. see her with a uh, her final card there's a name yeah. for it too i can't think of it it begins with a th Thyrsus? Yeah. Is it the Thyrsus? Thyrsus yeah. Is that how you yeah, say it? Yeah, that's a yeah. Bacchic thing. Yeah. yeah yes, uh-huh. it, and yeah. it is. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Indeed. That's right. It. And he's associated with the pines. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's mm-hmm. that. And then, you know, there's the, uh, the caduceus, which mm-hmm. usually you associate with Mercury, but again, we're, we're talking about that generative force that, uh, travels in a spiral. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's even little tiny, and also uh, there's a sort of like twin snakes of the sun kind of thing. Yes, going exactly. On with that yep, sun the, and Aries. Yep. Yeah. 
the solar force. There's actually a lemniscate around the central one, I which again that. is a solar yeah. uh, about the sun's journey. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a lot. There's just a lot of solar uh, solar and symbolism. The, is in, that a lotus uh, at beneath the spiral? Is that yep. a reference to the lotus? Yes, in it's yeah, mm-hmm. it's a reference mm-hmm. to the lotus wand. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, you know, when, when people draw the Three of Wands from Tabula Mundi, you want them to be thinking about themes of uh, solar. Themes of growth, themes of enlightenment, th- themes of progression, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. like a sequence, uh, mm-hmm. quickening and birth and fertility and the spring force, you know, the the, mm-hmm. the uh, yeah. time of year when things start to gestate, mm-hmm. gestation, mm-hmm. I guess you would call it. Yeah, yeah. You also have um, kind of a shadow of a unicursal hexagram going on in the back there. Yep. Is that a solar thing as well? Well, it is for me. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. symbolically. Yeah, for sure. So you have the interpenetrating uh, triangles. Yep. That's actually a theme throughout the first, all the Aries cards are those, mm-hmm. uh, you'll see if you if you put the two, three, and four of wands next to each other, you'll see that they all actually line up because they all oh, have yes. those. They all have those dual crosses. Yeah, and one yeah. can all the cards of Aries. That's what the um, the yeah. decan cards yeah, that you can have, optionally yeah. get with the deck yeah. show how every card of each sign actually overlays and lines up and aligns with the others. Mm-hmm. And the, the, mm-hmm. the alignment in these particular Aries cards is all based on that saltier cross force. Right. Excellent. Yeah, so we talked about how this is, you know, it's, this is such an interesting card because it's, um, it's a solar paternal card, but it's also a maternal bina number three type card and we have them in balance together and two times three of course is six which gives us the solar sun reference sun and sun that we see repeated throughout the cards Um, yeah and the whole sun and sun and bina the the light in the darkness the growth in the womb Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. the sun as tiferet Mm -hmm. um Mm-hmm. both as a child and as a solar force. So yeah. It's kind of yeah. all there. It's all there. And also, um, we talked about how um, one occultist uh, in the Greek Orthodox Church um, associated the two of wands with Idonius, the consort of Persephone, in the last episode. And this one he associated with Persephone herself. So oh, there's, again, yeah. that interesting sun sort in of the darkness, sun the, in the darkness. Yeah, the, Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something about both light and darkness, the way she descended and, mm-hmm. and rose back up again. Yeah, and that sort of gestation, um, yep. maternal qualities. Yeah, And the pomegranate definitely has that Fibonacci thing going on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. another um, mystic associated Anubis with this, which again sort of brings up the underworld mm. qualities. Although, you know, to me that's just, Kind of harder to see in the card, definitely not, with I'm all the light. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so solar. It's so. I mean, I'd almost say that of all of the um, solar cards in the minors, this is perhaps the most solar. Yeah, because yeah. the sun is, you know, in its yeah. exaltation. So yeah, it's in its exaltation, and we don't have a sun card in Leo. You right. know, so we're going to have sun cards in Gemini in. Uh, in Virgo, yep. in 
Scorpio in Capricorn. That's five. So that's five. So that's it. That's it. Yeah. So and this is the one where we see it sort of like, you know, shining forth in all in all its glory. (laughs) Okay. Um, When I've seen it in readings. So when I went back through my um, journal to see how Three of Wands was showing up in my life, you know, I really was curious to see if there would be a theme because this is not a card that I intuitively associated with anything particularly. I mean, it's, you know, it's virtue. I think a lot of people have trouble with the yeah. three of wands as being just kind of like, oh, it's another, it's just like the two, but it has three, you know? That's <laughs> exactly. Oh, she, exactly. I mean, in a way, the two is easier because it's clearly the beginning of something, whereas the three is like, it's the beginning, but a little bit further along. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what is that? Right. So, so here's what's so interesting. I found there was a definite um, theme for me in the way the three of wands was manifesting in terms of being helped by others. So like the sun's exaltation, you know, being a guest, being a host. Uh, being oh, that's given. really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like almost every time I was writing about something that happened where somebody helped me get something done. Like I got it a lot when I was in Singapore, where I was people were like, helping me and giving me things and, you know, showing me around and, and, um, do their virtue, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm, know, exactly, yeah, or do yours karmically. <laughs> do or, you know? <laughs> I mean, like, and when I came back, I got the three of wands on the day I came back. I, you know, that was the day of the Port Authority bombing, and I couldn't get home on the uh, on the bus I meant to. So in the meantime, Randy, my husband back at home, was like helping me finding buses I could take, trains I could take, different things I could do to get home. So, so there's always like, for me, there's always this this relationship where there's uh because of the re- established relationships you already have you have aid you have help you have uh the recognition of others to help you get things done and and it made me think of sort of the sacred guest host relationship mm. you know in greek culture where uh you're always it's incumbent upon you as a host to uh, take care of the stranger in your midst, you know, no matter who they are, if you don't know them, you may not have a connection, but at some point that's going to be paid forward. So, mm. you know, so, and with this card, you know, this, I always think that the three of wands has that quality of anticipation about it. You know, there's like, there's several cards that I think are cards of waiting in one way or another, like the hangman or the eight of swords, but the three of wands in particular, it's like, you've made an investment and you're waiting to reap the return on it, right? And, you know, there's a mutuality and a recognition about it that uh, honors relationships that have been already established. So I was really interested and surprised to find that. I really like that, um, the the good host. Yeah. That that really resonates. It kind of makes sense, you know, especially with the the sun being... With the sun and his exaltation. And it's interesting because there's like an incumbency as well uh, on the guest to be a good guest, right? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things I was noticing from my visit is that, you know, it wasn't just me accepting hospitality but also trying to, to be gracious be a good guest yeah. and to it's, you know there's a lot yeah. in this card about character development mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. on both ends i guess yeah 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 there's definitely about the the recognition of that other people's welfare is your welfare as well yeah yeah yep uh, so so that's something that i was really glad that we had the opportunity to look into this card because i 
learned a lot more about how it shows up in my life and how I might look for it to show up in reading for others as well. Because it's a, you know, and also the just the three of wands in Rider Waite Smith, there's like a trust in the way that he's looking away. He's like comfortable leaving his back to you because, you know, it's okay. <laughs> you know, whereas the two of wands is almost a defensive posture, mm. sort of ready for anything. The three of wands is a more He's definitely open. looking at what's ahead, yeah. too, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. anticipating exactly. what's next. Exactly. So there's, a, there's definitely kind of grace in this card, inherent in its virtue. <laughs> so we've talked about a lot of different themes in here. We've talked about um, the, the kingdom at its established, the kingdom established. So uh, rulership and responsibility, um, we've talked about. Well-wielded, uh, you know, benevolently. <laughs> right, welfare for all, um, solar rulership, the idea of the ruler not as dominator and warrior, but as governor and regulator. Um, the fertility and the, the fertility quickening, and the quickening. Of, uh, what has, you know, before was merely penetration mm -hmm. has now you know kind mm -hmm. of taken hold the striving towards the light with the yep. um, photosynthesis and the pineal gland yep mm -hmm. in the first form yeah and the first form so from exactly. first force to first form right right and uh the give and take that that implies the mutuality that that implies and the masculine and feminine exactly working exactly. together right good Okay, so we will be back next time with the very lovely Four of Wands, which is one of my absolute favorites to talk about, uh, which I've used as an example in your Tabula Mundi deck for so many different things because it's it's such an interesting balance of masculine, feminine, Venus, and Mars in a different way from what we've been talking about in this episode. Okay, so um, come back next week. Send us your thoughts. Check out the website and uh, and see you next time.